the Chiefs' kingdom will raise a banner above the National Football League again for the second time in four seasons. The Lombardi Trophy has a red and gold reflection. Here's the throw. It's cut off. Messi slides in safely, and the Royals take the lead. Bobby Witt Jr. comes through. Episode 16. It's wonderful. Episode 16 already. And today, joining me, we got the full squad. We got Jude Miley. Aloha. And we got Micah right next to him. Aloha. And Preston Graber. Aloha. Today, we are going to be diving into so much stuff. Because today, August 1st, we're recording this on August 1st, is the MLB trade deadline. So, yes. By the time you're listening to this, the trade deadline will be over. MLB news will be over till postseason, basically. And it will just be the dog days of, oh, NFL. NFL's coming up. It is not 30 days away yet. It's like 36. We're getting close, though. Pre- or Jude and Preston, how excited are you for the NFL season? Seven out of eight excited. Okay. Preston, how excited are you? Well, or is it too far away to get excited yet? Oh no, I thought I was excited for uh, baseball, and then I realized that the Royals weren't going to do anything, so for the past three months I've been waiting for football to come back. I'm excited, every little piece of news. Micah, i got to ask you, how excited are you for football season only 30-ish days away? Super excited. More or less excited as Jude, 7 out of 8. Oh, 7 out of 8. I mm, I go 6.8 out of 8. <laughs> okay, so just a little bit less. All right, today we're going to be talking about, like I said, the trade deadline. We'll talk specifically about the Royals and what they got back. Did they get back enough? Hmm. We'll tell you what we think. We'll also go to the rest of the MLB, and then after that, we'll do a little segment about where Josiah was wrong slash right. Mostly wrong, though, let's be honest. And then we'll finish it out with training camp, and we'll talk about the AFC North and the NFC North, what we expect from those eight teams going into this. Is this going to be the greatest season of all time, NFL? Definitely not. I, I mean... I would say, like, uh, top 80% of the NFL seasons. I'm going to do a little bit. I'm just going to take this off. Sorry, we're having... So I was, I was playing with this little fuzzy thing. We put on the mics, and then I realized we weren't outside. So that's totally on me if you heard that. Okay, so you said it's not going to be the greatest season of all time? Because last year felt like the greatest season of all time. I mean, no, not really. Joe Burrow, I don't like him. I mean, I'm call me a hater, but he's my least favorite quarterback. Are you happy he got injured? No, I wouldn't say that. Okay. But I'm a Lamar Jackson supporter, so that's all I have to say. What? MV- Lamar Jackson for MVP. Oh, okay. Interesting. Hmm. That's how I won my Madden games. It's, yeah, he's over. He is overpowered in Madden. Let's be honest. Or you think that's the right amount of power? Yeah, I just run every time it works. All right, let's try. Let's dive right into the MLB trade deadline. Preston, I'm going to be mostly going to you for this one. 
because some of the guys that the Royals traded for, I've never heard of. Let's start with back in June, we traded reliever, Aroldis Chapman, for uh, two Texas for a pitcher and an outfielder, Cole Reagans and Ronnie Cabrera. Now, let's be honest. When we got Chapman, we knew we were going to trade him. That was just the whole plan. When we signed him in January, we were going to trade him. He was going to do as well as he could, and then we'd trade him. Do you think we got a good return for him when he was just a one-year rental? I mean, yeah. Uh, I think getting any prospects back for a player that you knew you were going to trade away is good. Uh, Reagans has gotten a few starts. I think I think he said two or three. He was touching 96 to 99, which is insane from a starter. That's around what Jacob DeGrom sits. So if he can refine his stuff and get a little more mature, he'll be really good. Are you happy with that trade? Do you think we got a – I mean, you said we got a good – package back but yeah I mean I, I'm fine with it I think any trade at this point is good because we're just there's no hope so yeah we resetting might as well our try different things well here's a trade that's a little bit more controversial we're gonna go to just yesterday or the day before Nikki Lopez goes to Atlanta and we receive relief pitcher Taylor Hearn and this is a guy that just 10 days ago was designated as a free agent by the Texas Rangers but then was like well, the Rangers were like, well, we're going to get rid of him, so let's trade him to Atlanta for a little bit of cash. So Atlanta just trades away a mediocre, even possibly trash reliever for a gold glove shortstop second baseman who can hit. Do you think that was a major steal for the Atlanta? What was the Royals thinking? Because I've just seen this as a horrible trade. Is that what you think? I, I could see how people think that. Personally, it was time to move on from Nicky Lopez. He's not good. He he was good, I'd say, three years ago when he hit 300 for that stretch of time. But since then, he hasn't been good at all. He, he can field. I'll give him that. He's a great fielder. But I, I haven't seen hitting. And then to get back Taylor Hearn, it is slightly confusing why Piccolo did that because... Atlanta has some talent, and we've yeah. we have a history of getting good talent from Atlanta, like Drew Waters. Right. So I was yeah. surprised we didn't get something better. I was surprised we didn't get anything, but at the same time, it's Nicky Lopez. He's going to be a ninth inning guy that will come in and play defense for the ninth inning if they're winning stuff like that. So Atlanta looks good this year. We're going to move on to Jose Quas. We traded him all all the way over to was it the Cubs, I believe, for Nelson Velasquez. I believe that was this morning or late last night. Getting rid of Jose Quas, I like the guy as a person, and I liked how he went through our system, but ultimately he's really struggled this year. He's not part of our bullpen. Are you glad that he's gone? We This guy, we assigned straight to AAA. Like, this guy is going to be ready to go soon, and he's major league talent soon. Yeah, I actually didn't see that trade come through. Um, I'll look at that when we're done. But, yeah, Quas. man, he struggled so much. I, I, I love him. He's a great guy. Great story. Yeah, background. his story is incredible. But yeah, he was not not it this year. Uh, so it's, I think it's time for us to move on from every bullpen piece we have. And just a couple minutes ago, as of our recording, we acquired left-handed pitcher Tucker Davidson from the Angels. All we traded away was cash, money, 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 just over, and we get this player. Does he have any potential in our system, or is this just kind of a throw away some money at? Like a gamble. Is this just throwing money at a gamble? I think he's got some potential. Um, I think that the Angels got in a tough position because they recently traded for 
Oh, here's the pitcher they got. They got a pitcher. They brought in a pitcher, and then they're bringing in more people. So I think they're running out of roster space. So Davidson used to be in the Atlanta Braves organization, was a top prospect as a pitcher. So I think taking that cash risk on him is fine, and I think Sherman and Piccolo need to take more of those risks. So, yes, I agree that we need to start taking risks that have true, like, analytics behind them, not just throwing our money out the window. But I like I like the move. It's a, it's a gamble, but it's also going to hopefully pay off. Now, I'm just going to go through really quick. We're not doing speed run today because there's not a ton of sports news, but I'm going to go through some of the big free agent signings, and then we'll talk about a couple of the few storylines. So, first of all, the first big one Max Scherzer goes from the Mets to the Rangers. The Rangers made a huge move, not only acquiring him, but also Jordan Montgomery from the Cardinals. The Angels get busy to build around Shohei. They get Randall Grichik, is that right? Grichik and CJ Cron. Crone. My bad. I knew that one. That one hurts. From the Rockies. And they also acquired Lucas Giolito and Ronaldo Lopez yeah, from the White Sox. Okay, yeah. And that's who he was talking about. I didn't, I wanted, I didn't want him to steal my uh, thunder going into this. Uh, really quick, Jordan Hicks goes to the Blue Jays. Dodgers get Lance Lynn and fan favorite Joe Kelly. Brad Hand goes from the Rockies to Atlanta. Jermer Candelario from the Nationals to the Cubs, former Detroit Tiger. Mark Hanna goes to, from the Mets to the Brewers. And the Rays acquire Aaron Savale from the Guardians. And finally, big names, the Marlins get reliever from the Mets, David Robertson. Mets have been busy. That was a lot of Mets that have been traded away. Are you surprised by this? Not they, they claim, Steve Cohen, the owner of the Mets, claims this is not a fire sale. Are you surprised that they're selling so much? It's a complete fire sale. I don't know what he's talking about. Legit, Verlander's gone too. There's no way Verlander stays in the Mets organization after today's deadline. He'll be gone. He'll be with the Orioles or the Astros, one of the two. There's no way he's there. So, I, I don't... You're just lying to your fans at that point. Like, just tell them the truth. Yes, it's a fire sale. We paid way too much money for all these players at the beginning of the year, and we have too many stars where chemistry doesn't add up. So it doesn't work. Yeah, money does not buy championships, though it certainly helps. And I'd say the Mets are not maybe in a fire sale because Lindor and Alonso aren't gone yet. Yeah. But let's be real. The amount of money that they're not only – not only did they trade away Max Scherzer, but I believe they're paying just over $35 million of his contract. Yep. They're like, here you go, Texas. So I'm surprised by the Mets' willingness to just keep handing out money. Uh, I don't know how that affects them on salary cap. I'm not as educated on the MLB salary cap because there's not really one compared to the NFL. Now, I think the only – you mentioned Justin Verlander. I was going to get to that. I believe by the time – that this show is out, Justin Verlander will be on a new team, and I agree, Orioles or Astros. The only other thing that really sticks out to me is Texas. While still being one of the best teams in the American League, they were aggressive, and they got some really good guys. I mean, we talked. I said the Angels did really well, and they got some good guys, but Max Scherzer and Jordan Montgomery bolstering that not only rotation, but their bullpen that's been very good, that, that's a good team, and I think you've been high on Texas. Are you excited about what they – have to come what they have coming for them, but also what 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 do they have to look forward to? I guess. Yeah, I mean their time is now. I mean over these next, I I give them four years to make a championship run. If they don't, then you know 
kind of sucks for them. Uh, next year, they'll have Matt Scherzer, Jacob DeGrom, and Nathan Eovaldi. All Cy Young candidates. Man, I forgot DeGrom was on Texas. Yeah, so wow. if DeGrom ever came back, literally, the, no one is out pitching their staff. And then they got Seager, they got a bunch of rookies. Holy cow. Yeah, their rookies are going off this year. So, I mean, you know, I like them. I like them a lot. I also want to give credit to Jude at the very beginning of the year. said the Orioles were a contender. He did. He said that they were the World Series option. Do you remember why he said that? Because it was his childhood team or someone. That's right. That's what you wore. Are you impressed by the Orioles' success this year, or are you just not even surprised? This is exactly what you thought was coming. You see, my mindset is the team on top is the team on top, all right? And so when I thought, who is going to win? I said Orioles for one reason. I love them. They're my boys. And when I see my boys have success, you know, I feel proud, but... I'm not surprised because they're my boys. You know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying. So go O's all the way? Yeah. All right, all right. We're going to move off MLB. Like we said, the trade deadline, there's going to be a lot of news going up all the way till right when, right to the end of the today. We don't have time to record it after. So tomorrow, you'll know more than we do as of right now. We're going to go into a very short, hopefully, segment. we got to get this out of the way because... I started an article, and it's called, What's Happening? Question mark, before it happens. I was trying to pull out my little wizard hat and predict sports news before it happens. Predict winners, and let's just say it went pretty rough. If you saw my article on our website, you, will see, you would have seen that I really struggled. Jude, how embarrassing is this for me and the amount of accuracy that I had? Uh, I would just not show my face in public for like at least seven years. Seven years, like you need to fix what you've been doing because that was embarrassing. It, it was embarrassing, and I have to confess, though, I gotta explain what I was thinking behind it. But in the reality, I was wrong, and there's nothing we can do about it. So, Micah, gotta call you in, and Micah's gonna be my little host. He's gonna set me up to explain. Plead for mercy from Jude and Preston and explain why I was wrong. But first, where Josiah was right. That's right. I was right somewhere. Shohei Otani was not traded. I did say that Shohei Otani would not be traded that week. I had the intention of saying he would be the next week, so I do have to be honest. But I said, no one has a package good enough for Shohei Otani yet. And I was saying, if that was going to happen, it was going to happen today on August 1st or July 31st. It wasn't going to happen in that week because I made I did this article on July 16th and that week. Shohei Otani was not traded, so I was correct. Where Josiah was wrong. So I took a little gamble and went with golf, and I said that Rory McIlroy would win the British Open. He did not. I don't know how or what I was thinking. Rory McIlroy is the ultimate choke star, whatever, of golf. And uh, he finished sixth. He did a good job. But I thought maybe with all the hype and it being his home country that he'd have a chance. We're out here predicting golf now? I, it was a boring week. I, I mean, yeah, let's do it. But Sick. Ty inspired me. So I got to be honest. So, yeah, he was seven. Brian Harmon 
finished first, but and with an excellent score. But McElroy was seven strokes out of first, not even close to finishing first. Wow. You play sixth. You play sixth. Yeah, Ooh. Harmon was a, a league of his own. Where Josiah was wrong again. Like I said, I was going in all of golf, and I predicted that Xander Shufflet would finish in the top five. He did not. He finished in 17th place, which is still good, but it is not anywhere close to what I thought. I was high on him because I thought he would bounce back. He's been playing well, but I think he would bounce back into a higher position, and I've seen him play. I like him, but he was 11 strokes out of first, but only four strokes out of the top five, so I was close, but I was still wrong. Doesn't even matter because I was still wrong. Four strokes is a lot. Yeah, that, that's a that's a that's some big mess up. It was, yeah. Go ahead, Micah. Where Josiah was right, kind of. Damian Lillard. I said that Damian Lillard or his agent would come out and say that a team besides the Miami Heat were an option for them because they came out and they said that the Miami Heat are our only option. And that was really frustrating a lot of teams because they didn't want to trade for him because they were worried that. He would say, I'm not playing for you, or he would be disgruntled. Now, that week, it did not happen, so that's why I say kind of. But recently, the NBA investigated the situation and basically forced them to say, he'll play for whatever team, he still prefers Miami. So I was kind of right. Where Josiah was amazingly wrong. And I gotta be honest, I admitted this to Preston right when I figured it out. Man, I say Chris Jones. Defensive lineman of the Kansas City Chiefs would sign an extension the day of the franchise tag extension deadline. And boy, was I wrong. And here's why this is embarrassing. This is the embarrassing part of this. I really thought he would because I thought that was the deadline for all extensions. But this just shows the poor research that I did and just the lack of NFL knowledge that I contain. And I apologize to our audience that was embarrassing. I've taken these weeks off to revamp my knowledge and get back on track. So I apologize so much for that. He did not sign an extension. He still has yet to sign an extension. And I really hope he does sign an extension because we'd love to see him in training camp. And that's going to go right into our training camp talk. And yeah, Chris Jones, still not a training camp, training camp. Preston, when do you think... This extension gets done. When is he coming? Is he going to get traded? Everything's on the table. He won't get traded. It's too late. And to trade, like, if he, if he was going to get traded, we would have signed him, like, three weeks ago to an extension and traded him. Now we're getting to that point where, like, the nitty-gritty starts and you start preparing for the games because preseason starts in, like, a week. Yeah, so, it's Thursday. First yeah. preseason game. Nah, so... He'll sign an extension, if I had to guess, second week of preseason. And it won't be as lucrative as some people are saying. I do think he'll be in the 25 to $27 million a year range. All right, staying with training camp, Jude Miley. Travis Kelsey pulled out his MMA fighting skills and took a little swing at a teammate. He did apologize after, but break that down for me. Okay. You know what I saw? I saw this man score a touchdown. And I see another man not very happy with that touchdown. So he jabs at the ball, knock it out, because he's like, man, I should have had that. And I see another man whip his head around. He's like, who did that? 
Boom. I just see a jab straight in his face. Let me tell you something. I think that was okay for him to do for one reason. He scored the touchdown. Alright? If you score the touchdown, you can do whatever you want. Like, think of that as a celebration. Like, he just boxed it as a celebration. You never know. I'm just saying, like, he can do whatever he wants because he's Travis Kelsey. And the other dude that you've never heard of, he has no right to be jabbing at that ball because he's a loser and he doesn't play the game. Like, come on, man. Respect your elders. Speaking of other defensive backs, Preston, you see Giants rookie Jason Pinnock with that insane interception. Yeah, uh, that's almost on the level of that fake DK Metcalf jump thing that like was going on viral. Like, I, I think his interception is better than that even, even yeah. though DK's wasn't real. It was incredible. If you have not seen it, go look up Jason Pinnock interception training camp. It was insane. Dalvin Cook visits the Jets. Jude, is Dalvin Cook a Jet? He is heading to the Patriots on Monday. So, Alright. I, I believe Monday. I don't know which day. I think Dalvin Cook considers this. And it pains me to say, if Dalvin Cook's a Jet, they have the Super Bowl, right? It's not even in contention. The Chiefs, unless Patrick Mahomes gets 6,000 yards... That's, there's no suitable chance because Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook, that one-two combo, they can rush both for 250 yards a game because the defense is so tired. Like, that's the level that they got. So that's all I can tell you. So I agree Dalvin Cook with the Jets would be deadly. I think Dalvin Cook has value because he's a pass catcher. But here's the thing about the Mahomes thing. Mahomes doesn't need to throw 6,000 yards. He just needs to get in the playoffs and play each game like he does. If he throws for 3,000 in the season, we still make it to the playoffs, we still have a chance. But I agree. The Jets getting Dalvin Cook with that option out of the backfield as a pass catcher is pretty valuable. Do you, Preston, if you had to put percentages, what's the chance that the Jets get Dalvin Cook? Uh, the Jets do, I'd give them like a solid 57%. Then I'd give like the Buccaneers, I give the Buccaneers a sliver because you know he went to Florida State, Tampa, kind of down there too, and they only ever shot White at running back. So, yeah, so it seems like he's just going on a college recruiting visit. He's going around camps, figuring out where he wants to go. All right, final thing on training camps: Joe Burrow, Kadarius Tony, Jalen Ramsey, Tim Patrick, and Garrett Wilson all go down with injuries. Yes, injuries are part of training camp. It's what happens. That's what D-Hop was waiting for before he signed. That's what Dalvin Cook was waiting for. Is If a big running back gets injured, he's going to step in. But this seems like a lot of injuries, and especially Joe Burrow's non-contact. What's going on here, Jude? Why are there so many players getting injured? I'm telling you, because you've seen the weather lately. It's like 6,000 degrees at least. I can't even stand outside in the afternoon. And they're dehydrated from all that work. They're working hard. They're sweating. You see the sweat, they're lubricated up. It's crazy how slippery they are. And then when they're dehydrated, you get those muscle cramps, and suddenly that muscle rips off. And after that, you're done. Like, you see Joe Burrow, his calf. I don't even know what happened, but he got injured. And I can tell you from the heat, the dehydration, that's the issue. All right, we're going to stay with Joe Burrow in a second. We're going to move on to... 
talking about the NFC North. We're going to start with it. This is an interesting division mostly because it contains Preston Gravers' favorite, question mark, NFC team, the Detroit Lions, who are at top right now of the projected finish, followed by the Minnesota Vikings, closely behind and tied for third, Chicago Bears and Green Bay Packers. Preston, what do you think is the projected finish for this, and will it be a very tight division, or will someone run away with it? Well, personally, yes, the Lions are my second favorite team aside from the Chiefs. And then there's no one else behind them. It's just, you know, players that I follow. I just want to say, I like watching those ESPN shows that have the betting odds around them, so I can watch those and see what people think and my opinions on this. The Detroit Lions are 22 to 1 odds to win the Super Bowl, and they're in front of Miami, Jacksonville, and Los Angeles Chargers. That's a sign. Detroit's number one in the North, in my opinion, by a long shot. They're runaway favorites. I don't think it's going to be close. And then I think Justin Fields leads the Bears to a second place finish. And then, man, Kirk Kirk takes third, and then Jordan Love's just Jordan Love, fourth. All right, Jude Miley, what is your projected order of finish, Mr. Hysterical? I just can't agree with that. Let me tell you why. The Vikings had a good season last season, right? And suddenly people are just hating on them. They have Justin Jefferson. They lost Cook and Thielen. I don't care. Let me tell you something. They have that other running back that's good. They don't. They don't need Adam Thielen. They have that other guy that had one good game last. KJ Osborne. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he can step up, and I'm telling you, Justin Jefferson is elite. You see Randy Moss, like they ain't gonna say Randy Moss. They're gonna say get Jeff, right? Because that's that's the <laughs> <what they need. laughs> And so let me, it's gonna be Vikings at the one. I think Lions take the two, and that's because they got David Montgomery, and that makes sense because he's good. Yeah. And then you drop it to number three, and I heard you say Bears, but I disagree because the, I don't like the Bears. They're just bad always. And they lost their best running back. And so now you see the Packers in the third. They, they have two potential, I'm telling you. They can make it to the wild card. But, and, you know, already Matt LaFleur, has he ever, I'm pretty sure every game he's got for it, Every season, he's got at least 10 wins. Yeah. Where's that going to go? It's all Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is the GOAT. I'm telling you, but Jordan Love has potential because he's a young guy. He's a star. And he had one good game at least when he stepped in. So I trust him. Mm -hmm. And I see the the Bears going fourth in division because Justin Fields is not good. So I'm actually – He's not good. Everything about him is not good. So before the season, we've already said we're going to release all of our predictions on – Division, uh, award winners, all that stuff. And this could change because this is a division that I'm not very confident in any of the teams. There's something big on each team that I don't like. But i got to be honest, the Bears are looking pretty high for me. I'm not saying they're going to win the division, although I want to put them up there. Justin Fields has a lot of potential. But I can't, I can't just close my eyes and look away that they were the worst team in the NFL last year. I just I can't not look at that. Um, so I will have to say I'm high on the Bears. I can't put them as the division winner just because they were the worst team in the league last year, but I think the Packers will also be good. 
I'm actually fine with this order right now. Detroit Lions, one, Vikings, Bears, Packers. And the only reason why is because the only reason I have doubts about the Lions is because their defense. But they did get some good guys this year. They got Gardner Johnson in the back back uh, in the corner in the defensive back room. But they also added with Aiden Hutchinson. They have a good defense now. I think it's better than last year. It has to be better than the worst team, one of the worst teams. And I like the Vikings, but yes, their two biggest or two of their bigger playmakers are gone and relative or and overall their team is just older. So yes, Lions, Vikings, Bears, Packers is mine. Preston and Jude, and I'll finish this off. Can you guys give me an X factor for each team? One specific player can be the quarterback, but it does not have to be. Preston, or okay, Jude, would you like to start us off? Yeah, so you're talking, like, the Lions, because this is obviously David Montgomery, because I don't hear a lot of people saying, David Montgomery, and that stuff, but I'm telling you, he's going to go off, and that's just my belief. I believe in him. Okay, for the Vikings? The Vikings, honestly, I don't know, but I said K.J. Osborne's going to be good this year, so I'm just going to go with him because he's a receiver. And I'm going to the Bears now. I don't even know anyone on the Bears besides Darnell Mooney, if he's even there anymore. But Justin Fields, to be honest, I think he's bad, so I'm not going to say him. I'm going to say whoever's on their defensive lineman, whoever their best defensive lineman is, he's going to get a lot of sacks. And then... The Packers. I'm telling you right now, it's gonna be a uh, Aaron Jones, cause or no, it's gonna be Lafleur. He's the X factor, cause he's gonna drop this play. They're gonna be one game off the block. He's gonna drop this play, touchdown. All right, that's my hell Mary prediction of the season, but. All right, Preston. Uh, Lions. I think. Well, I really want to say Monroe St. Brown, but he's already up at top tier. Um, oh man, I'm gonna say Aiden Hutchinson. I wanna, I wanna see him working that D line. How, how many sacks they can get because they were a bad defense last year, and I think their offense will produce at the level it was. Um, for the Bears, I'm gonna say Jalen Johnson, the their cornerback. Because I think their offense is going to be good enough that they can hang. But can Jalen Johnson lock down the number one wide receiver in the NFL, Justin Jefferson, when he plays him? And then for the Vikings, I'm going to say Alexander Madison, since he's starting for them at running back. He's been good in fantasy when, when Cook is hurt. When Cook is hurt, which so I'd expect a lot from him personally. Uh, so I think whether he does good or bad is going to determine a lot because he, uh, Cousins isn't just going to be able to throw to Jefferson and Jordan Addison. But, and then Packers, personally, I think it's Christian Watson. I think boom or bust potential there, whatever happens there. If he booms, they boom. All right, uh, I'm going to go through mine. I agree completely with your guys's For the Detroit Lions... This one, I think, is tough for me, but I'm going to have to go with, I know this is probably a little bit of a surprise, but I'm going to go with Jameson Williams. While he's suspended the first six games of the season, he's wide receiver two behind Amon Ross, St. Brown, and I think if he can be explosive, then the Detroit Lions offense can continue to be explosive. He was a big part of them being so big, 
Now, with the Minnesota Vikings, everybody would probably want us to go with Justin Jefferson, and I like your pick of K.J. Osborne, but I'm going to go with, uh, oh my goodness, I just forgot his first name, Hendrickson, their tight end. Hawkinson? Hawkinson, oh my goodness, T.J. Hawkinson. He's one of my favorite guys, and I can't believe I forgot his first name, because he doesn't have one, it's T.J. T.J. Hawkinson is my X-Factor for them. I think he can be in a similar, not the same, but similar role as Travis Kelsey. With the Chicago Bears, I gotta go Justin Fields just because I think he could have he could have a really good season. He is a great runner, and I think he could develop as a passer. With the Packers, Jude, I love both of the ones you said. I love the Lafleur pick, and I love the Aaron Jones pick. I was gonna go with whichever one you didn't go with, but you said both. Quadzilla. So, huh? Quadzilla's gonna be the. That's true, but the Lafleur. I mean, I think he'll stink at it. That's the only reason I don't say X Factor. I think he's the one that decides it. Wow. But I think without Rodgers, he's going to really struggle. And I think Love will be able to overcome it a little bit. So my X Factor has to be Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon. So I'm going to say the running back room. I know it's kind of cheating. They can – coaching can't coach the – I mean, coaching can't coach running backs. But a running back can do – Whatever they want. They can run over as many guys as they want. Wide receivers have to go in the route that the coach tells them. You know, you see what I'm saying? The running backs on the Green Bay Packers will decide that season. All right, let's move on to the AFC North. North? North. 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 Cincinnati Bengals are projected to finish first with injured Joe Burrow. And Baltimore Ravens, Cleveland Browns, Pittsburgh Steelers all tied for second. Very, very even. This is based on the over-under odds. Oh, I was going to say, isn't that just the standings from last year? No, this is just based on the over-under odds. They are all 8.5. So, what do you guys project the finish order for the AFC North is? Jude, can you start us off? This is tougher than the uh, NFC, but number one, Baltimore Ravens. You got Lamar Jackson. That's pretty much all you need. Number two, Cincinnati Bengals. That's not a surprise. I would expect them to get first, but I don't think so. Number three, Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm sorry. I know they're pretty bad, but the Browns are even worse, which is why they're at number four. All right. I like that. I like that. Deshaun Watson coming in at fourth. Preston? Number one, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, stole mine. <laughs> I think I think they're gonna they're gonna take first. Um, second could be a toss up between Baltimore and Cincy for me. I think whichever one wins the last head to head game that they play is gonna play second. And then fourth is the Browns. All right, yeah, we all have Cleveland last because I do as well. I want to say Steelers first because I, in Pickett, we trust, but I don't know if if he can. I, I, here's what I'll say. The Baltimore Ravens hype will be seen within the first four weeks. It will be seen through. It's not going to be real. He's got all the receivers, but Lamar Jackson will want to run. And he'll run, like Jude said, but... He's not going to run them all the way to the playoffs. 
And so that means that the Bengals will win the division. Barely, though, with the Steelers coming in at second for me. And the Ravens at third with the Browns not too far behind. But Nick Chubb can't carry an entire team by himself. So that is my projected finish. All right. To finish up our episode today, I'd like for your X Factor for each of these teams. Preston, can I start with you for this one? Yeah. Steelers. Mm, man. They got a lot. I'm going to have to say George Pickens or Pat Fryermuth because their defense is good enough. Pickett was not bad last year. He averaged quarterback for the time he played. So if Fryermuth can, you know, develop a bit more, become Cole Komet type, he'll be good. For the Ravens, mm, man. Didn't they get Zay Flowers? Yes, they did. I'm going with Zay Flowers. Personally, I don't trust in Odell Beckham oh, at man. all. Yeah. So Zay Flowers is going to have to carry. And then Browns. Oh, my gosh. They're so bad. I don't see anyone on the Browns being an X Factor. If I had to say one, though, I guess, man, Amari Cooper, he's their best player. Deshaun's going to throw the season for him. Yeah, Jude, Amari's on the Browns. Uh, you said he's their best player. Oh, though. Nick Chubb's their best. <laughs> My bad. Okay. Um, but Nick Chubb's too good to be considered an X Factor, I think. And then Bengals. Bengals. Um, mm, I'm going to say Tyler Boyd. Okay, wide well, receiver three. I think Chase or Higgins goes down. So they need Boyd. All right. Jude Miley. All right. For the Bengals, I'm going Higgins because I think Boyd or whatever goes down because you just said that the other ones are going down, but I disagree because <laughs> I, I want to. It. I like disagreeing. And then, all right. Actually, I'm going to save the Steelers for last. But, um, hold up. The Ravens, Odell Beckham Jr., mm. he's my guy. Oh my! He's got he's got one of those good those good hands. You see that catch? Mm. And Lamar Jackson needs something. Which, which catch are you talking about? The best catch of all time. Yeah. No. All right. I I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Just to be clear. Yeah. All right. Because Lamar Jackson can just chuck that down there, and it, if you got Odell Beckham Jr. going deep, everyone else is gonna follow him. Which he's just gonna run by ten yards and carry. Yeah. That's gonna work. Okay. The Browns. All right. You said Nick Chubb's too good, but I'm going Nick Chubb for one reason. He's going for three thousand yards if they want. If they want to win. He's got if, no Kareem Hunt. If they want to win, he's going for three k yards. I'm not saying it's gonna happen. I'm saying that that's if they want to win. All right. Let's hear your Steelers. Steelers. Deontay Johnson. <laughs> and let me tell you why. He's a good receiver. You seen those hands? Better than George Pickens. George Pickens is so overrated. But you seen that one catch Deontay Johnson on the sideline? I don't even remember what it was, but he like, it was insane. Was it a toe tapper? Yeah, it was something yeah, like that. Yeah, like spun in the air and circle. And pretty much, he's the best receiver you've seen in a while. Okay. All right, I'm gonna go with for. I'm gonna start with the Bengals, and I have to say, I want to say Joe Mixon. I think obviously I've given a lot of love to the running backs right now. I think Joe Mixon is here. 
hopefully he doesn't have any Halloween issues this year. I think he'll be. I think he'll be good. Um, I think he doesn't have to be good. That's the main thing. So if he is good, it's just a cherry on top. Especially if all these wide receivers go down like they're predicting. Yeah. Uh, with the Ravens, you know, I want to go offense, but there's so many holes in the offense. People are talking about how amazing the offense is going to be. It's it's new. It's kind of. Is there is there a running back just J.K. Dobbins? Like they didn't. They their didn't running back right. is Lamar Jackson. Well, I know that, but they didn't get anyone in free agency, right? right? It's, wow. I'm talking about receivers. Yeah, they they think they have lots of receivers, which they do. I mean, although they lost Hollywood a while ago, but it doesn't really matter. Because I'm going defensively, and I'm going to go with newly acquired Roquan Smith. They got the, him from the Bears last year, and he's undervalued because he's a linebacker. But I think he could be a huge part of success on their side. I'm also going to go to the linebacker position with the Steelers, Mr. T.J. Watt. When T.J. Watt is on the field, that Steelers defense is incredible. T.J. Watt can be the best player defensively in the league. Maybe second to Aaron Donald, it is he is just so good. But he gets injured, so if he can stay healthy, he is their X factor. And I'm going to finish it up with the Cleveland Browns. And I have to go with you, Jude. Nothing, nothing fancy. I'm going with Nick Chubb. And the reason why, yes, he can't. Well, he can't get Jude. He can't get three thousand yards. I, I don't know about that. But. But, but on fantasy, he's going to be valuable this year because okay. Kareem Hunt is gone. It's just Nick Chubb now. Just him. So I agree. He is the X Factor. I said we're going to finish out with the X Factors. I just want one final thing. Give me one storyline, AFC or NFC North, that you want to follow throughout this season that you think will be interesting to follow. I'll start it off just to give you an idea. Jordan Love with the Packers. Start, I still press this. Yeah. Starting... Starting with the new system, that is my that is my main storyline to keep an eye out for. Do one of you guys have a storyline? Yes. All right. Let me paint the picture. It's week seven. You're like, man, what's the NFL been up to? You click on ESPN. The first thing you see is Deontay Johnson has 1,000 yards <laughs> through six games of the season. <laughs> laugh at that, but let me tell you something. Deontay Johnson is a superstar. He, If he got past the ball more, and if he had a good quarterback, he'd have so many, like he'd go for 2.5k yards this season. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Um, since you both just took both of my storylines. <laughs> you were thinking Deontay Johnson was going to go for 2,500? I was going Steelers. Um, but I'll go ahead and take I guess I'll just go with my lines. Uh, yeah, I was going to say. We get to week seven. Where are they at at that point? If, if they're three and three, they're in a good spot, I think. Right. They'll get yeah, Jameson Williams back. They'll be in a good position. If they're not, if they're anything worse than that, I think we're, it's a real possibility that they don't make the playoffs. Yeah. If you're in the north or if you're in the south of the divisions, your, your schedule is easier than the west and the east because the west and east face each other. But, man, the north and south – on the NFC side, a lot of there's not a lot of talent. On the AFC side, there's talent in the North and not as much talent in the South. It's gonna be interesting how that all works out. It's gonna be a fun season. I'm excited. 
Thank you so much for listening to the Power My Podcast episode 16. Micah, you've been nice and quiet. Taking a little nap over there. There's nothing wrong with that. We encourage naps on this podcast. Just not while we're listening. I mean, I guess you could. Gene, <laughs> have you ever turned it on just when and take a nap? Uh, no, but like I have the headphones on and then I turn it on, but I don't listen to it and then I don't have my headphones on. Oh, okay. <laughs> Micah, you want to send us out on the final seconds of episode 16 before oh. Jude Miley gives his quote of the day that he probably hasn't even thought about. I think the closing should come after he presents it, but that's a fine. Well, we're not hearing your opinion today. Can you give us whatever you guys say? Yeah. Well, then, I guess we'll see you later. But first, don't turn it off. Yeah, we know why you're still here. We need need to hear this. Jude Miley. We're just stalling until Jude Miley comes up with the perfect quote of the day. I can see him. Well, since there's... I made this quote. (laughs) (laughs) This is about to be kind of a roast. (laughs) Just, I'm not going to say who it's a roast. But I... I came with on the spot. It is, I had to write it down. That's how good I thought it was. And it was, you're four foot eleven. You're not very, not very tall. I sorry, I just wrote it in my notes. But you are four foot eleven. You're not very tall. When you swim in the deep end, you just sink and fall. <laughs> <laughs>